Okay. You, you keep eating. Food. It's fine. No one cares. Well. It's a little soup. Do it a little bit more. Well, eat, I want you to eat your food. Oh, okay. Do both. I'll do both. I'll introduce. Okay. But just... <clears throat> Hello and welcome to Derncast, the podcast focusing on the movies of the beautiful and wonderful Laura Dern. I'm one of your hosts, Kyle Amato. And I'm your other host, Elizabeth Hopkins. Yeah, so it's been a minute, because we've been very busy, and I've been trying to catch up on Hotcast, and now I essentially have. Woo! That's that's a feat. Mm-hmm. It's been a journey for you. <laughs> it's been pretty amazing. I'm really excited to finally do the Before Trilogy. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. I know. It's been such a build-up, so I think it's going to mm-hmm. be a really... It'll be fun to, like, rewatch. Yeah. Um, one of them, too. Yeah, you're doing Sunset. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Um, but I think it's going to be fun, because we have Allie. They're going to do Sunrise. Mm-hmm. And they've never seen any of them. So I think our discussion is... is the, This is my goal of just to discuss the first one. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's going to be super long, because I think we're just going to be like, I like this movie a lot. Yeah. Right. Um... Oh, take your time. Oh, sorry. Trying to create the ideal space, but um, yeah, that'll be a. Uh, I'm excited. Be a fun adventure. It'll be fun to like see it with like different people. Like that's why I who want. Hasn't seen it, yeah, and then like people who have seen it. Because it's um, Allie has not seen any of them. Mm-hmm. You obviously have, mm-hmm. and then Sunset is my like my favorite movie of all time, yeah. besides like Toy Story and Alien. <laughs> so. <laughs> it's gonna be a whole thing, and then Corey has not seen Midnight, so oh. it's just gonna be me and Corey. Yeah, okay. I'm excited about that. But enough about Ethan Hawke. Today we're talking about Laura Dern, who had a pretty, pretty like insane 2019. Um, actually, when I reopened the spreadsheet for the Derncast schedule, I still had Untitled Noah Baumbach movie for 2019, just because I knew she was cast. Because the last time I opened it, it was so long ago, we didn't know it was called Marriage Story. Oh my god! And now it's, it's so weird. Isn't that so funny? It doesn't funny? feel like it's been that long. No, no, because the last one we recorded was like last February when we did Citizen Ruth. Wait, but that's longer than I thought. I, I thought guess it was so. Like six months ago. <laughs> yeah, hmm. maybe that's not amazing. Time is weird, but you it's were exactly back, so that's no. What um, matters. But what the other thing is, um, they still haven't let me add it to iTunes for some reason because they say that the SoundCloud. Um, hosting that we have includes, like, test audio, and I don't know what that means. Yeah, what does that mean? But it doesn't matter. I will have it on uh, iTunes soon enough. I just don't want to pay for a second hosting thing, because I'm doing the Hotcast one. Right. But that's why we're just going to do SoundCloud or something. We'll figure it out. Yeah. I can also scope it out. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Excuse me. But I figure we can just do a bunch of episodes... um, I'll probably put this one out just because it's about Oscar time, but I think we should just do a few episodes and just kind of hoard them, and then we yeah. can put them out on a regular pace. Build a little turn which nest. Is, yeah, which is will be fun to just have, like, we could have eight weeks where we just have a Dern a week come out, which I think would be really nice. That would be ideal, yeah. I think that'd just be, that'd be good. Um, we can figure it out. We don't have to litigate schedule on Mike, because today we we're going to talk about Little Women, directed by Greta Gerwig. And Marriage Story, directed by Noah Baumbach. Just because she's supporting in both, and she was nominated for the Oscar for Marriage Story, and she's amazing in Little Women. Yes. Uh, yeah, so I think we should mostly f- focus on them, but these are also two of the biggest movies this year, mm-hmm. and she's just part of them. She also did Big Little Lies Season 2, which, did you watch Season 2? I haven't watched Season 2 yet, okay. but I'm, like, going to. That's my yeah. plan, because I loved Season 1. Um, season 2 was... <sighs> It's not I, as good. I know, yeah, I heard it wasn't, yeah. 
And honestly, Renata is kind of like comic relief this season, and I didn't really like that. Yeah. She has good moments, because it's Laura Dern, but um, she does the Renata thing better as the lawyer in Marriage Story, whose name I should look up, because I never remember. Yeah, I kind of... Hmm. I don't like that just because, well, mm-hmm. I don't want to dive into it. We're, we're going to talk about Big Little Lies some other time. Yeah, we'll, but... we'll do, um, that's easy. Just watch season two and we'll talk about Big Little Lies Ooh, as a yeah. thing. That's oh, all I need you to do. It's going to be exciting. Mm-hmm. But um... So her character's name in first build only, okay. Oh, they did it by um, appearance. That's why she's like so low because it's. Right, because she shows up really late. No, not, re- I mean, it's. Well, at least like late. like forty five minutes, but this movie is also like two hours and twenty minutes. Nora Fanshawe is her name. Nora, right? Uh, so she plays um, ScarJo's lawyer in Marriage Story, and her introduction is she's standing against her desk in like a red suit, and she's amazing. <laughs> like when she appeared on screen when we saw it at the um, the Brattle, everyone clapped. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, she was so elegant and like, mm-hmm. fierce in this movie. I mean, just like unbelievable yeah I mean, it really felt like every time she was on screen it was just like there was this magnetism you know yeah it it's a role that really took advantage of her height i would even say yes just the fact that she is tall she's tall she's like a long slender lady yeah but one of my favorite uh readings line readings from her like every every time she says that i think she's i think she's very good in this i know people aren't as hype on it which is weird to me just because everyone's like oh it's laura dern doing a laura dern and i'm like yeah I know. <laughs> What's wrong with that? <laughs> I don't see that as an issue. Right. There's no problem here. And I know there are people who are frustrated that she got nominated over, like, Jennifer Lopez, who, who was great in Hustlers. Oh. Um, and it is frustrating that she was left out, especially as there was only one actor of color nominated this year. She should... Jennifer Lopez definitely should have also been nominated. Just, like, yeah. add more nominations. I Honestly. Know. Ooh. There, there we go. That's the solution right there. Um, but... When um, ScarJo is giving her big monologue about how she feels like she got smaller as a person being married to Charlie, who's Adam Driver. Right. She's saying all this to Laura Dern, and Laura Dern's just, like, watching her, almost like a shark. Yes. Because she's like, I'm going to get a lot of money out of this one. Oh, my gosh. Um, and she, and it's so, it's like she yeah. nails that that weird tension between appearing so caring, which ScarJo's character mm-hmm. totally falls into that. Yeah. You know? She totally buys it. But you know as the audience member that, like, she's just totally calculating. There's, like, cogs turning. Well, you know? the whole movie, the movie essentially, I mean, it's about a lot of things, but it eventually becomes about how lawyers suck. <laughs> Doesn't it feel like that? Yeah, it does. It um, feels like that. I just want to say my favorite line reading from her, uh, besides she gives that speech about how the idea of a good father was made up, like, 50 years ago. Um, yes. Which I, I liked uh, a lot. When ScarJo is giving her big monologue, and she says, like, oh, these cookies are so good, and she goes, I'll send you home with some. I know! <laughs> I was like, oh my god. I love it. That was... I think she's oh. I think she's wonderful. But yeah. So good. Um, and just the familiarity she has with, like, Ray Liotta, who becomes Adam Driver's lawyer. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, hey, it's nice to see you again, you stupid bitch. Like... Oh my god. They just, like, do this all the time. This is... This is just what she does, is just be... A really intense divorce lawyer, the Nora, right. and that big courtroom scene where she and Ray Liotta are going back and forth, and like just stating all the flaws in this marriage, and Ray Liotta being like, "Oh, what about her like drinking wine with the kid, right. like around the kid?" Um, 
the little ways that they're they sucking them dry. Yeah, find ways of just tearing. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, basically, they're just kind of getting paid to like psychologically manipulate people. Yeah, you know. Um, but should we like should we kind of go over the the plot? Do you? Think? We can. Um, I want. I have one other thing I want to say. Like in the first meeting, back when um Alan Alda is still Adam Driver's lawyer. And they're having, like, a big meeting. And then, like, her assistant is like, oh, we're going to get lunch from, like, here. And she's like, oh, I love this place. Like, this place, you're going to love it. Just, like, get this. And, like, the salad. Yeah. Um, it's like the last thing on their minds was, like, lunch at that point. Yeah. But she was just like, we're going to eat some food. And yeah. <laughs> it's such a, it's it's a great character. But, I mean, Marriage Story is about the divorce of Adam Driver, who is a theater director, and Scarlett Johansson, who had a big role when she was uh, a teenager in a film. And then moved to New York to be mostly in Charlie's plays. Right. And she decides she wants to go back to L.A. to restart her, like, Hollywood career. Right. And they're already having issues. And this is what, like, becomes the divorce. And it's just about this horrible, horrible divorce mm-hmm. taking place across the country. It just, like, snowballs. Yeah. You know, it's really mm-hmm. crazy. I think what I really like about this film is, like, how it opens up with... This very positive note, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you're just hearing their voices reading. At the time, you don't realize they're letters, but they're Mm -hmm. they're actually just letters about all the the things that they appreciate most about each other. Mm -hmm. And they're very intimate and very, like, moving and also very honest. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it kind of starts out, you know, in this, like, oh, this is, like, this is really touching. And then you realize that they're actually in couples therapy. Yeah. And... Uh, it's just like such a, mm-hmm. and, and, and you, you, you're like, you're taken from this wonderful, like monologues and, and kind of dropped into the scene where, uh, like Scarlett Johansson's character just does not want to read her letter. And it's just mm-hmm. like, Oh, it's such a, like punch yeah. in the gut after what That's you, a great point. You know? <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's been interesting, uh, watching kind of people talk about this online, by which I mean, it is not interesting. Uh, it's kind of become... <laughs> But, like, people clowned on it really quickly and, like, made fun of, like, the big fight scene, which, when I first saw it, was I just found, like, terrifying. You know, I think that, I think, honestly, like, it kind of seemed over the top, but mm-hmm. that's the point. Like, when people have fights like that, where they're just, like, Yeah, that's so near the end of the movie. Right. Mm-hmm. I think there is something very, like, performative and almost absurd about anger mm-hmm. when it reaches a certain point. Exactly. You know? It seems like it was almost cathartic. Right. Um, and they're just acting out for the sake of acting out at that point, mm-hmm. which I, th- I think is a real thing that happens, especially in like deteriorating relationships. Like totally. And so yeah, I don't know. I mean, I can get if people thought that was like I don't know, overly theatrical or something. But, but... I also don't care what people think. Right. <laughs> it's fair. <laughs> I think so much of like as I've kind of grown as someone who is posting film criticism online of just kind of trusting my own opinion and not immediately being swayed by what people say. That's, yeah. And I maintain, I think this is a good movie. Yeah. Uh, I like it a lot, but I also understand why people don't want to watch it or people pushing it off could be like, oh, it's just like about rich people fighting. And I'm like, yeah, but there's a lot of good movies like that. Right. I'm not, I wouldn't cape for this movie. Like, I'm not going to say... Like, this should be, like, the Best Picture winner. Because it shouldn't. It should be Parasite. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I do think... I think it is a good movie. Yeah. I agree. And I think Laura Dern is good in it. But I do think 
she should have been nominated for Little Women instead. Oh, interesting. That's where I've landed. But they're both, I think they're both great performances. But I just think Laura taps into Marmy's frustration or like the underlying frustration in a way that like I think Susan Saranda did really well in the 94 Little Women too. And it gets so key to Marmy's character of just raising these amazing, these four amazing people, understanding that they have to hit a wall when they reach adulthood just because they were born women. Yeah. And just trying to make them good people outside of that. And that's her fight. And that's what she wants to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I like Marmy a lot. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That was such a profound way of putting that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's that really hit the nail on the head. Well, that's why... Um, I'm trying to think. I don't want to go straight into Little Women, but right, just like, right. I feel like we're not done. With, no, with there's a lot, story. but this is like a lot in Marriage Story because it's a two-hour, twenty-minute movie mm-hmm. full of amazing actors with incredible, like hysterical scenes and like heartbreaking stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I read it more as a comedy because I saw it before a lot of people because they showed it at the Brattle. Oh, okay. Um, and. I saw it before it was on Netflix or before it was out in general theaters. Mm-hmm. So I got to have my own opinion of it longer, right. which I was really grateful for. Yay. Um, <laughs> Your own perspective. On exactly. The and the masses, yeah. I thought the movie was mostly funny, which maybe kind of makes me feel like a sociopath <laughs> because it is a horrifying movie. Right. Well, you know, there's like dark comedy. It's a, yeah. That's a thing. But that's why I liked it. It was like... A more cracked out version of Kramer versus Kramer. Oh, I haven't seen that, but I, I that movie's I, so sad. I gotta, I gotta see that. But I, I think I, you know, I can, I can see where you're coming from. I don't know mm. if I would call it an outright comedy, but there were definitely moments where I was laughing. It's just because it was so absurd. Yeah. And, Every and, time they talk about L.A. and they'd be like, you know, you don't want to live in L.A., you know, the space, like the space, right? I know the space. The space. Mm-hmm. It was just like, and especially the family dynamic. Mm-hmm. That scene. Where the sister, like, accidentally serves um, Charlie the papers at mm. the wrong time. She just, it does it in the most awkward, you know, she's been tasked with doing it at the right moment, mm-hmm. you know, after um, Scarlett Johansson's character, like, gets the chance to, like, talk to him first. And then it just completely falls apart. That was a hilarious scene. Cause yeah, she's her, an idiot. Her, her just, like, stumbling over herself, like, it was just... Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, it was classic. Um, I love the mom too. And the mom is just Julia Haggerty. She was the lead in uh, Airplane. Oh, okay. she's that woman. Yeah, yeah. I thought she was great at first. <laughs> I absolutely ha- hated her character because yeah. I was just like, how could anyone stand having this mother, this like woman as their mother? Like, it's just I, mm-hmm. I feel like I would go insane. But then over the over the course of the movie, I realized that she was actually just hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> Especially her like. Her quiet allegiance with Charlie. Like Charlie to, Bear! Charlie Bear! Like, totally inappropriate relationship to have mm-hmm. with your son-in-law, but yeah. at the same time, you couldn't, like, hate her for it. She's a dead gay husband. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's just, you know, she's gotta, like, have fun where she can. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, I think she's a great character. Listen, I just think, um, it's so easy for me to take what I want from movies in a way I think other people have issues with. Mm. 
Um, I think the earliest thing I I feel like I've mentioned this on Hotcast too, but I think uh, Return of the Jedi taught me how to do that because I think everything in that movie between Luke and Vader and Palpatine is like note for note perfect. But I honestly can't stand the rest of that movie, like mm-hmm. with Jabba the Hutt or um, Ewok stuff. Mm-hmm. But I took away I took away what I wanted to take away, which was just Luke helping his father redeem himself before his death. Mm-hmm. And Luke's like a refusal to kill his father. That sort of thing. That's what I took away from that movie. And I can see, like, what I took away from Marriage Story of just, like, really excellent performances, like, just meaty roles for these people to chew into and oh, Laura Dern yeah. being tall in a suit. Um, being powerful. Right? And I can see how people would be like, oh, like, these people suck and, like, uh, who cares about their marriage? And I was like, I don't, but I'm interested to see what happens. Like, Right, right. I mean, what I think was most interesting is just, it's, you know, I don't think I've ever seen a movie, I mean, and this might just be, like, I, I need mm-hmm. to go see more see more divorce movies but yeah I, I i haven't seen a movie until this point that just goes so in depth into the the intricacies and complications of divorce and how it all kind of plays out and like I, family law yeah mm-hmm. i just thought that was really interesting and i think it was a really interesting examination of how like relationships can like they don't always succeed yeah and and you kind of just have to adapt and live with it mm-hmm. and learn how to get on with your life and I think that's still, like, a very profound thing to to say in a film because, you know, for so many years, like, that's not, you know, it was always like, oh, you know, the perfect like, mm-hmm. love story that ends, like, magically. You know, that's kind of a narrative that yeah. is just old and tired. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's, like, a pretty simple thing, but I, I think that that was really my takeaway is, like, or what I was able to take away from the movie. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um... And yeah, and Laura's really good in it. <laughs> Laura's really good in it. I do think, like, I, I, I found, um, like, some of the... Well, there are certain things that I really liked about how the film was shot. Like, there were some mm-hmm. scenes where the, f- the camera would just stay very still mm-hmm. and just kind of watch people move around in within the frame. Yeah. Which I liked a lot. Which is fun because Adam Driver's so big, watching him and navigate a frame is like... Right. Yeah. Right, and sometimes they'd be kind of close to the edge and it would get, like, a little weird, but I liked that sort mm-hmm. of visual tension. Um, there were some scenes that I thought were a little awkward, but, you know, it's mm-hmm. like... Uh, like, the I don't know how you felt about, like, the the end with the, the little boy discovering a letter. Yeah. I was like, yeah. It's a little easy. Right, that was, like, one part I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that was, those were my really my only quibbles, like... Uh, yeah, and I do want to talk about Laura's last scene. Yeah. Which is when she's at Nicole's party, and mm. they're, like, finalizing the divorce, and she's like, hey, so, like, we're finalizing it. I ended up getting you, like, 65-45, like, instead, just to, like, really stick it to him. And Nicole's like, oh, I didn't really want that. And she's like, no, I know, but I wanted that for you. Like... Right. Uh, I forget exactly what she says, but she essentially says that. She said, that's basically she's it. She's just, like, she's a nasty lawyer. Right. And who's she kind of... to win. Yeah, she loves to win, and... She was viewing it more as, like, a victory over men than a victory over Charlie. Yes. Because she has the whole monologue. Right. She doesn't see Charlie as a person. She no. She sees him as a man. An obstacle. Uh, yeah, as an obstacle. Mm-hmm. Like, and yeah, that totally comes through in that yeah. monologue, which was definitely one of my favorite mm-hmm. scenes of the movie. 
Um, yeah, I really like the monologue. Um, I liked it just because it felt more. It gave a, it told us so much about why Nora does what she does. Yes. Um, and I didn't really read. It. I, I think a lot of people were reading it as like, oh, it's supposed to be like a fuck yeah feminism thing, and I was like, no, you're an idiot. Like the whole point is these two people are in over their heads, <laughs> and Nora is like a lawyer who's just gonna <coughs> go for it. Right. I completely agree. I mean, she I, knows what she's good at. Right. I think I think that it was, you know, mm-hmm. this is how she rationalizes kind of facilitating... Bleeding the, people dry. Bleeding people dry and almost kind of worsening their relationship. Or yeah, potentially. she views it as like a game, especially when she's like pals with Ray Liotta in the co- the courtroom. It's like, hi, so nice to see you. Like, how's your wife? Well, kiss, kiss, Anyway, right. I'm going to kick your ass. Like... Mm-hmm. Like, this is, this is a game to her. Mm-hmm. Well, it's her, it's her job, and her job is... Yeah, fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, Make little messes of people's lives. Mm-hmm. So that's know. that's what I took from it. And, yeah, it's on Netflix, so, like, everyone's kind of watched it, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Because, like, people don't really watch a lot of Bombback movies. But you've seen Francis Ha? I have not. Which Bombback have you seen, then? Any of them? I- let me like see. Squid and the Whale? No. Okay, Squid and the Whale's good. Uh, Kicking and Screaming is his first movie, and it's basically about oh. summer. It's about our summer, twenty fourteen, essentially. Oh my god! <laughs> no, I know. It's essentially about that. I'm not even joking. Wow. It's a good movie. Uh. So I guess a, a home, some homework for me is. Uh, you should watch Kicking watch and Screaming. Other, yeah, Get it from the library because I don't think it's streaming. Oh, actually, no, it's on Netflix right now. Oh, okay. I think it is. I'm I don't have my phone on me, but I'm I would check. I'm literally going to write this down right now. It's also, like, not long here. Um, yeah, just go for that. Uh, but yeah, I think... What do we do for a ranking system for Laura? I forget. Wasn't it out of five? It's it's a five. But is it, like, a withering stare or something? Or just, like, <laughs> some sort of <laughs> face right. that she made? I think it's just, yeah, like... Definitely, it was a stare thing. I don't know if it was withering. I'd have to look it up. Um, but I think that like a steely glare. Steely glare. Yeah, I think. I would say like four out of five because I do think this is a very good movie. But I completely understand why people don't like it or don't want to watch it. Mm-hmm. I think I would say like, can I do like three and a half? Yeah, of course. Okay, is it allowed on this podcast? Of course. That, that we. Of course. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm gonna go with like three and a half because I also yeah. think it was a, it was a good movie. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed it. So uh, yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I think that's for Marriage Story. So let's get to Marmy. Uh, I don't think we really need to go over the plot of Little Women. I think people pretty much get it because Little Women is one of the best books ever written, and Greta Gerwig's Little Women was one of the best movies of the year. It was like, it's very amazing. simple. I think it's a masterpiece. Like, I think it is essentially perfect. I yeah. think that she plays with form in a way to make it a, to make it a little, little, women, little Women adaptation and make it a movie about Little Women mm-hmm. and its legacy and what these characters mean to people and what Louisa May Alcott really wanted for her characters. Yeah, it was a or little Or for meta. herself. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why I think it's great. Everything I said earlier with Marmee of just, like, raising these four people to be good and kind and 
individuals in a world that doesn't want that from women. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what was I going to say? It was, um, oh man, it was definitely, it was like pretty much a perfect movie. I mean, yeah. it was moving, it was every, like, every single person in that film was just did an incredible mm-hmm. job. I think, I mean, um, Saoirse Ronan was born to play Joe March. Oh my gosh. She is perfect. She just, like, totally captured that sort mm-hmm. of defiant individualist sort of spirit. But also yeah. not just individual. I mean, she she really cared about other people, but... Well, I mean, just... one of the be- Every scene of her and Marmy is perfect. Yeah. Like, after Amy burns her book... We'll get into fucking Amy, okay? Um, oh, my gosh. Uh, Florence Pugh. Ugh. Hero of 2019. She's just emerging hero. Yeah. It's yeah. just like, oh, hello. Um... <laughs> But I mean, the most one of the most important lines in the book, in just in this story, um, Joe is like, "Oh, I'm just, I'm just so very angry." And um, Marmy says, "I'm angry almost every day." Yeah, and every she's like, "Patience is not." I, I forget exactly how she says it. She's just like, "I wasn't like born with patience." Yeah, Some, it's taken me like, like forty years. Yeah. to get to this point, mm-hmm. right? I love that. Yeah, I think it was amazing. And then later in the film, when Joe rejects uh, Lori's proposal, and she's talking to Marmy, and Marmy says, like, do you love him? And she's like, I like like to be loved. I like the feeling of being loved. And Marmy says, that is not the same thing as loving. Yeah. Yeah. And her, like, kind of talking Joe down after this. Right. Over not being the end of the world. And then Joe gives the whole monologue of just, like, women, I believe women have hearts and minds. Like, we are people, there's more to this than what society tells us, but I am so lonely. Like... I know. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. I'm just getting chills just thinking about it. Yeah. I mean, because it's just, it totally captures, like, Mm -hmm. what it must have, you know, even just, like, a sliver of what it must have been like to be, like, a woman... Any, in some ways, like, today, in certain ways, too, just, mm-hmm. like, or just, like, the sort of human, like, general human experience of, like, wanting to be, like, your own person, like, mm-hmm. without needing, you well, know? Well, it's what Amy says at the beginning of the film, I want to be great or nothing. Right. And she's doing that, that's what she is describing as the point of her life. Right. Is to be great so she does not have to be just like a married woman in the 1860s sort of thing. So she like doesn't have to be her grandmother, basically. Yeah. <laughs> That's their aunt. Oh, that was their aunt. Yeah, Aunt March is um, the dad's older sister. The dad's older, okay. Yeah. Okay. She, oh my gosh, Meryl Streep. Yeah, Meryl Streep, like, she's so funny <laughs> she in that was... movie because she doesn't stand up. Every scene she's in, she is sitting. Sitting, like, right. It's very she funny. She just, like, hates everything. Yeah, I think Meryl's <laughs> funny in it. Um, uh, I kind of thought Marmy would have more scenes uh, because they cast Laura Dern. But I did, I mean, everything she did I thought was pitch perfect. Mm-hmm. Like, the first time I meet her is when she's like, oh, it's like I, I bake in the evening, like, to, <laughs> to de-stress. When they, like, meet Laurie. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> she was just, like, such a... One of those She's so giving. It's, right. Like, and it's, it's... That's what made that scene where she's talking about how she's angry every day. Like, yeah. even more powerful because mm-hmm. you're just realizing, like, this is a woman who's just trying her, her damnedest, like, every day. She understands the cynicism and the darkness of the world. Literally, this the right. Civil War. Yeah. 
and she does. She still understands that, and she still fights to be better than it. And what? Yeah, what it like? You know, what it's taken away from her family and, yeah. and other, you know, like the community around her. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I do want to say there's one scene in this movie that I do think hits like a little bit of a false note, and it's when. She's, like, uh, giving things to Union soldiers or people coming home from the war. Um, it's very nice when she gives the man the scarf. But she mentions, like, to her co-worker there, just like, oh, I'm so ashamed. I was so, like, so ashamed of my country talking about the Civil War. And her co-worker, who's a black woman, says, like, you should still be ashamed of your country. Mm-hmm. It just felt like a little too 2019, mm. in a way. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit like... Like, uh, you know how we always say now, like, America was never great. Right. Which is true. Um, But just, it felt the wrong type of progressive that I think the rest of the film does really beautifully. Mm -hmm. But it's literally one sequence. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like, you have to really think about what mm-hmm. what were the attitudes, like, what would have people actually said, what were, you know, sort of race-related, like, what do those look like yeah. at that point in history, mm-hmm. you know? So I think that's a good point that you yeah. raised. Um, I think that is, that's like my main criticism of that movie. Yeah. Also that it's not six hours long and I don't live inside of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. I also thought, I thought the, um, the sort of juxtaposition... Like, they have that scene where they're, like, they bring over the food to the family that's, like, really mm-hmm. struggling. Yeah, the young woman with, like, six kids. With six kids mm-hmm. in that, like, awful, like, shack. And uh, I thought that was a little, like, it was kind of weird because they were kind of saying before that that they were, like, really struggling and poor, but then mm-hmm. they had all this food. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like, are you really? Like, I was kind of a little bit like... Well, they, they definitely are. They can't really go outside their means. Yeah. But they do have a home. Right, right. But the other part of that, the family, the the poor family, that's how Beth gets sick. Oh. Yeah. Because she goes to check on them. Because she's following Marmy's example of, like, being kind and helping those less fortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, in the book explicitly, which you have not read. I have not read. I need to read In it. the book, you know how they mentioned, the, the doctor mentioned he went to see the family and the baby had died? Right. In the book, the baby dies in Beth's arms. Oh. She feels it go. Oh, gosh. And I was glad that we didn't see Eliza Scanlon hold a dead baby. Yeah, that but, would have been... But um, that is what happens. That is how Beth gets sick. Mm-hmm. That's, that's why the family, that's part of their contribution to the story. <laughs> right. Um, oh, poor Beth. I know. She was such an angel. I think she she embodies a lot of the anger of Marmy as well. Mm-hmm. Like, when she's playing piano in her introduction scene, which is the, like, the present, mm-hmm. when they're all older, and she's playing the piano, and she, like, imagines, like, applause, mm-hmm. but it's just her in the house. I know. Yeah, sort I of that know. thing. Yeah, and the fact that she, like, doesn't want anyone to hear, mm-hmm. um, but then, you know, oh. he's just secretly Yeah, listening. Grandpa. <laughs> I love it. Lori's grandfather, played by Chris Cooper, he's wonderful. Chris Cooper... Also had a great 2019, because he is also in A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Oh. In which he is phenomenal. I need to also see that. That movie but... will ruin your life. <laughs> it's so just, good. Oh, gosh. It's been a theme in the movies this yeah, year. Yeah. <laughs> um, when it comes out on DVD, I'll, I'll watch it with you, because it is perfect. 
Yeah. It like took me so off guard of how like wonderful it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the director. It's um, Marielle Heller who did Can You Ever Forgive Me? So obviously it's a good movie. Yeah. But I was nervous because I didn't know how good a Mr. Rogers movie was going to be. If it would be like too schmaltzy. Right. Is it going to be a little hokey? Or it right? is not. Oh. It is just like a meditation on anger and what forgiveness is. It sounds like I need to see that. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh-huh. It'll be on DVD soon. I'll get it from the library and we can watch it. Because it's like, it's incredible. Sounds like, good. Like, I'm always thinking about it. <laughs> uh, Tom Hanks got nominated. It and follows just, me around. This is Tom Hanks' first nomination in 19 years. Oh, my God. Because his last nomination was for Castaway. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. I know. He should have been nominated for Captain Phillips. He's amazing in that movie. That's so weird. Mm-hmm. Man. Wilson. Yeah, um. exactly. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, oh, what else? Yes. What else do you have to say about Marmy? Um, man, I just think I think what I really liked about how Laura Dern played her character is how subtle. Yeah, she was. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think, and that was that's a key difference between like her performance in Little Women and her performance in. Marriage story. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's she's just like so like elegant and you know, mm-hmm. yeah. I just I, I think and, and that subtlety really works well for that sort of you know sh- like mm-hmm. her her main struggle of you know trying to be like trying to a be everything and trying yeah. to be an active caring member of the community and trying to like bear all and and also trying to be the father too in a way because mm-hmm. the father you know is like off to war for so, so yep. much of the movie like she's taking on all these roles and just like bearing that so quietly mm-hmm. and like with dignity even though she's mm-hmm. you know like suffering obviously like yeah she really is yeah um, I just think she she did a wonderful job of just playing that so subtly, mm-hmm. and it really worked for me. Yeah, I think that Little Women is an absolutely overwhelming movie mm-hmm. in every aspect. Um, I yeah. I mean, I love that book. I think that book is perfect. I read it for the first time last year, and I was so struck by how excellent it is. Mm-hmm. And then Greta Gerwig decided to freak it and <laughs> just make one of the best movies of recent years. Yeah. Also, I, I feel like you know, but I just want to make sure. You know that Noah Baumbach and Greta Gerwig are married, right? Oh. Yeah. They had a baby. Oh. Greta was pregnant Gosh. making okay, so Little this Women. this makes this perfect. Exactly. <laughs> I realized, I was like, Elizabeth probably knows that. And I was like, why did I think that? Like, <laughs> You know, I live under a rock a lot of the time. But that's why Marriage so. <laughs> Story is like sort of about um, Noah Baumbach's divorce from Jennifer Jason Lee. Oh, weird. Who he... Most likely cheated on with Greta Gerwig, <laughs> which is not very nice of him. Oh God! Yeah, I know. Wow, what a like a powerful couple. I can't imagine like being married to someone who's doing the exact same thing that you're doing. Mm-hmm. That would just like drive me crazy. But that's just a personal aside. <laughs> well, that's how I I kind of thought that. Um, so when Lady Bird came out, uh, Bombach had a movie to the Meyerowitz stories. Mm-hmm. which is about Ben Stiller and Adam Sandler, which is a good movie. It's very small. Mm-hmm. But that same year, Lady Bird happened, which is Greta's first solo directing, mm-hmm. and it got nominated for Best Picture, and she became the fifth woman to be nominated for Best Director. Mm-hmm. 
and then like Mayor Woods got nothing. Yeah. And I thought that his next movie could be like a response to someone like outgrowing you in a way or like surpassing you. And I was kind of looking for that in Marriage I, Story, and I, it's kind of. I think. I think. I mean, well, a little like, bit. For, it's like worst her, case like, scenario of their, right. their relationship. Well, I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, I do think like the most powerful thing in that was just like you know her like not like you know Scarlett Johansson's character like mm-hmm. not uh, not realizing for many years that she was holding herself back and then yeah. suddenly. I got smaller. Realizing, mm-hmm. Right. Like, I have to be alone mm-hmm. in order to figure myself out. Yeah. And I think that was just, like, very profound. So I think, I do think he, that was, I think he did deliver on that, you know. In a way, yeah. Yeah. Now, I, I just have her IMDb page open, and I forgot that she's the mom in Fault in Our Stars, and I think she's great in that movie. Wait, Greta Gerwig? No, Laura Dern. I'm sorry. Oh. Oh, my gosh. That's, like, a, that's a throwback to, like, wasn't that a book that came out, like, mm-hmm. when we were... Freshman, yeah. Okay. Um, I think she's great in that movie. <laughs> That's all I really have to say about that. Um, but yeah, um, Little Women, unimpeachable five out of five. Oh, yeah. I think that it is just, it was one of the best movies of the decade. It was great. Mm-hmm. It was great. Yeah. I, I, the more I, I sit with it, the more I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I would definitely, mm-hmm. I, I have to agree with you on that. I think it's a solid five. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I cannot wait to see what Greta's next movie is. Yeah, I'm so excited. Like, she's hitting them out of the park. Yeah, same with like Marielle Heller after "Can You Ever Forgive Me" and "Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood." I'm like, what is she going to do to me next? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, how long do I have to mentally prepare? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my god! I'm just happy that not only did Greta Gerwig get to direct a Little Women movie, she brought, she made it. So unique and special, Just in a way. Like I love the '94 Little Women. I think that's an excellent movie. The 2019 Little Women, it's mind blowing. Yeah. Um, I'm so happy that she made it. I'm so happy that she. Everyone in it is amazing in it. I'm so happy that it is making a fuck ton of money. <laughs> yeah. I'm so happy that people are seeing it. I'm so happy that this is. For a lot of people like you, the first exposure to Little Women. Yeah, I mean, because, I mean, you know, I'm not one of those, like, I mm-hmm. I really do think people should generally read the book first, but, yeah, and, and I've, happens. like, broken that Calm rule. Calm down. Yeah, everyone, but, it's fine. Right, but I, you know, I think more than anything, like, mm-hmm. seeing it has made me want to read the book even more, yeah, you know? Yeah, you really should. It yeah. is not huge. Yeah. It's not a, not a very long book, but, um. It's going to, like, yeah. trek through the rest of Gravity's Rainbow first. <laughs> okay, you've been reading that for, like, six months. I oh, put it I need my carry-on book back for a while. while I'm here. Oh, okay. Because I, I wanted to reread it. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. Don't worry about that. Uh, don't worry about that, everyone. It's fine. Um, <laughs> All is under control. But, yeah, uh, we'll do Big Little Lies. You watch Big Little Lies 2, then we'll do Big Little Lies. Sounds good. Um, so I'll put this out, but then I'll, I'll save Puppy Episode. Which is the name of the Ellen episode. And that oh. could be the first in that. But yeah, I won't, I'm going to cut that out. Um, but yeah, uh, Marriage Stories on Netflix, Little Women's in Theaters Now. Uh, they're both nominated for Best Picture. Yep. Florence Pugh was nominated for Little Women. Saoirse was nominated for Little Women. And uh, Laura was nominated for Marriage Story. Yes. Happy for ladies. Her. Yeah, I think it's her fourth nomination. Third. Because it's this. 
supporting for Wild, which you have not seen. No. It's unbelievable how good she is in it. She's yeah. in it for like 12 minutes total. Unbelievable. It's one of her best performances. Wow. Yeah. She needs to... It's so funny. Like, mm-hmm. she's got all these supporting roles. Yeah. But, like, man, I just want more of her. I know. Like, well, that's... Like, I've said a million times, that's why this podcast is different from Hawkeye's. Because when Ethan makes movies, he's usually in the lead. Right. And Laura right. doesn't have that luxury because everyone hates women. I know. But oh then the things that we've watched of her so far that where she's been the lead have been all really interesting. Like Rambling Rose. What the hell is that movie? Yeah. That was her first nomination. Right. Like Smooth Talk. Yes. And oh um, Citizen Citizen Ruth. Oh my gosh. Um, so yeah, I'm very excited to watch more so of those lead performances that I don't really know anything about. Right, right. Continue digging them up. Yeah. So just get in some gems. Exactly. <laughs> um, I'm excited to to pull it apart and just kind of see more of Laura Dern, who is wonderful. And I, I think it's frustrating. Um, I don't want Dern cast to be lumped in with like the memification of Laura Dern because I think that a lot of like gay Twitter or film Twitter they kind of act like Laura Dern only just became a thing when she's been around forever and yeah. all this like big little lies on like Jurassic Park you know <laughs> right like I just I don't want this to come off <laughs> I don't want Derncast to come off as like opportunist oh yeah yeah no, I don't think I mean I don't know I personally don't feel that way and I know you don't feel that way because mm-hmm. I, I mean I like no I, think... I started really you know I was like yeah. I started getting into David Lynch and then I, yeah. I watched like all of these really early mm-hmm. Laura Dern movies and I was like this woman's amazing yeah and that's how it she's happened. just such a striking performance like even remember um Fabulous Stains oh my god where gosh. she's what like 17 she's a baby yeah oh I should mention um I also recently watched Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore which stars Ellen Burstyn Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a Scors- early Scorsese movie from like seventy three. Wow! Diane Ladd is in it oh. as like a nasty uh, waitress mm-hmm. who like kind of takes uh, Alice under her wing. Laura has a cameo as like a five year old eating ice cream. <laughs> I didn't recognize her because she was a baby, but I was like, "Oh, oh hey, it's Laura Dern." I'll show you the picture so after this. Sweet. Um, but yeah, I think that's it. Uh, please watch Little Women, and if you think you can handle Marriage Story, watch Marriage Story. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Both worth uh, watching, hands down. Exactly. Um, and yeah, until next time, don't you forget about us. <laughs> yeah, it's real bad, right? I love it. Brutal. <laughs> <laughs>